Episode 328, April 12th, 2018. You know, tomorrow is Friday the 13th, don't you? Shh, don't jinx it. It's going to be today for me. (laughs) The Jeep Talk Show is sponsored in part by ExtremeTerrain.com, your Jeep Wrangler aftermarket authority for all your YJ, TJ, JK, and 2018 JL Wrangler parts. Extreme Terrain is a leader in providing accurate information and top-notch customer service for the hottest aftermarket Wrangler parts around. Visit ExtremeTerrain.com today and toughen up your rig for the trail with the best in the business. Stay tuned to this episode to learn more about your chance to win a mildly modified JL or a wildly modified JK Wrangler from ExtremeTerrain.com. This week's episode is also brought to you by Route 16 Off-Road. Veteran-owned and operated and community-focused brand Route 16 Off-Road works hard to get you the best deals possible on the brands and accessories you want. Let Route 16 help you find that next replacement part or upgrade. Check them out, route16.com. That's R-O-O-T-O-N-E-S-I-X.com. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. Are you ready? It's the Jeep Talk Show with Jeep Mama, Josh, and Tony. So sit back, strap in, and brace yourself. Hey, Tammy, I hear spring has been canceled out in your uh, neck of the woods. Um, well, Tony, that's what we thought, but I'm crossing my fingers because today it finally warmed up enough for me to go topless. <gasps> yes. Well, I guess I'm lucky then out here. Spring is in full effect where I live too, but my Jeep isn't quite ready yet. Uh, but hey, we got a guy who has a product that's ready any time of year. Coming up later in the show, we have Jerry Samoose from Old Soldier Ironworks to talk about the one and only Freedom Flyer. Local Jeep news, national Jeep news, and news from around the world. It's This Week in Jeep. And This Week in Jeep is brought to you by Amazon.com. We know it may be hard to donate, find time to actively support, or otherwise show your love for your favorite Jeep podcast. If you would like to give back to the Jeep Talk Show, consider shopping on Amazon.com. And do so by using the button from our website or go to jeeptalkshow.com slash Amazon. And a small fraction from anything you purchase using that link will go towards the Jeep Talk Show. And thanks in advance. Well, there's some big changes to a large Wisconsin Jeep club coming up here. Uh, well, right now, in fact, uh, this big attention is going out to all Jeepers within the sound of my voice in the southeast portion of Wisconsin. Now, some big changes are happening in the club structure of, well, well for the Wrangler Riders of, Shebo- uh, of Sheboygan and Alenton chapters. As of Friday of last week, the decision has been made to merge the two chapters into one. This merge better meets the needs of the entire southeast Wisconsin area by combining the elders, the trail guides, trail ambassadors, and volunteer efforts into one cohesive group of Jeep and off-road loving people. The social media chapter pages and other related content will be changed and merged into one chapter called Wrangler Riders of Southeast Wisconsin. Alenton and Sheboygan logos will be removed from all branding and everything will be replaced with the new logo. Wrangler Riders of Southeast Wisconsin is actively looking for leadership roles to fulfill the nonprofit committee of elders, trail guides, tour guides, and trail ambassador volunteer positions. If you or somebody you know might be a good fit, well, then please join their community. Uh, head over to WranglerRiders.com. We'll have the link, of course, 
uh, in the show notes for this episode. But post your uh, how you'd like to get involved and what you can do for them, your contact information, all that good stuff. This is a great group of people, guys, and uh, they're helping keeping those trails open out there. So let's give them a hand. So would a joke about a big piece of cheese on the logo be uh, too obvious for Wisconsin? Oh, that's a little bit on the nose. I like the, well, I love cheese. I, I like cheese too. I'm, <laughs> so I'm fromage friendly. I think, yeah, cheese is our friend. So I, I think it'd be a good thing. <laughs> Maybe not for, you probably get sick of cheese in Wisconsin, but uh, I don't know. it's like snow know. down here for me, even though I get plenty no, of cheese. Up. They're all cheese heads anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but this area, this area has, uh, I think, just in these chapters alone, uh, close to 200 members and two very large off-road parks just in that region alone. So this this actually affects quite a few people, uh, not just in the Jeep community, but in the off-road community in the southeast Wisconsin area um, altogether. So a lot of cool stuff happening, though. It sounds like they're heading in the right direction, and uh, over the course of the next couple few years, it sounds like things are going to improve quite a bit off-road out there. Well, you guys know I like feel-good Jeep stories, and this is one that I found uh, this last week that I just had to share with you guys. Daryl Wagner, a man from the Lake Township, Ohio baseball team, just won a 2018 Jeep thanks to Charlie's Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram and Grogan's Town Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram. Wagner was one of 13 people invited by the Toledo Walleye hockey team to take part in the wrap-up to their annual Chuck-a-Puck fundraising program. <laughs> this year, Daryl was one of these lucky 13 people that got the invite to go down on the ice and select one puck out of a pile of over a thousand hockey pucks that were nearly spilling out of the back of a, wait for it, red 2018 JL that the team had pulled out onto the ice. Now, there were a few contestants ahead of him who, one by one, were asked their name and where they were from by an officiate of the event. And when Daryl Wagner stepped up to the Jeep, he leaned way in, farther than anybody else had to that point, nearly to the back of the passenger seat, and pulled from what looked like the bottom of the pile. Each of the thousand plus hockey pucks had a number on the bottom. After much to do about nothing, really, I'm talking about a long wait and a lot of suspense building and <laughs> a ton of stalling, it was announced that the person holding the puck with the number 14302 on it had just won. Lucky for me, I pulled the winning puck, Daryl said. <laughs> now the rules of the game are worded in such a way that Daryl doesn't actually get a Jeep. Nope. The grand prize is actually $35,000 towards a new Jeep that can only be bought at the aforementioned dealers. Ah. Well, at least he gets to pick the color that way. Yeah, he's probably <laughs> thankful because he didn't want that right. Well, he knew what color. I mean, they have it right there in front of him. No, no, uh, no. I think if uh, they got the letters that Tony sent, the only color of Jeeps on those lots are red. <laughs> right. All Jeeps, hey, all Jeeps are red, man. I'm telling you guys. <laughs> yeah. They either are or they want to be. Big thanks to all you guys out there who continue to help us out by submitting stories for This Week in Jeep. If you have something you think we should be reporting on or you have a response to any one of our stories, by all means, let us know by heading over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. Hey, guys. It's Nate again. Um, I guess it's just a particularly boring drive into work this morning. But anyway, <laughs> Josh was talking about clutch issues in Tech Talk on the same episode as the uh, as Tammy's top five uh, 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 Doing topless tips, and I just had a short a story I wanted to share after hearing Tony's uh, little story about being 16 and driving home from high school with no clutch. Um, this story goes back to like the early 2000s when Paragon Adventure Park was still open. Uh, every year, a group of us would get together and we'd spend the weekend camping at uh, Red Ridge Campground and wheeling at Paragon for a Saturday and Sunday. 
and uh, I would always join us from New Jersey. I won't share his name because it could be incriminating. But anyway, uh, he would always drive, you know, the, the two or three hours or whatever it would take him to get from wherever he lived near central or northern New Jersey to Hazleton, Pennsylvania, for where Paragon Adventure Park was. And every year, he, he's that guy that breaks something. I mean, the weirdest stuff this guy would break. And then he would drive it all the way back home to New Jersey. Well, this year, actually, uh, there was a... I forget how the, what, what the odd series of events was, but there was like an exhaust leak at his manifold, which when it crooked his clutch line, you know, the, the, the line that goes up to the clutch master cylinder, which is plastic on the TJ. Uh, he has like a 2000s era TJ. Um, and it melted the line, and it sprayed clutch fluid everywhere, and actually lit his Jeep on fire. Uh, so we had to put his, his Jeep out twice before we figured out that it was the clutch line, you know, the hydraulic fluid spraying on the exhaust. But anyway, uh, he wheeled the rest of the day with the clutch, which was interesting, and then he drove all the way back to New Jersey with no clutch. So Amazing. take that, Tony. You thought 20 miles was a lot. He probably drove, I don't know, 80 to 100 miles back home to New Jersey no clutch, coasting through stop signs, uh, stalling it to stop, and using the starter to get moving again. So, yeah, it's, it's doable. And I, I completely believe your story, and I'm sure it was horrible. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. Bye. But, wow. But, what an amazing story. But was he 16? I don't think so. Bah. Oh, come on. <laughs> yeah. That, now that's that's pretty amazing to to not only make it through the trail but, you know, possibly even wheel the rest of the day and then drive home no clutch. Come on, that is insane. And Tammy, do you know that he winched himself most of the way home? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> you need a, a winch. <laughs> no, I don't. I'm going to win a winch. That's my goal. That's my plan. I'm going to win it. Oh, great story. I'm going to four events, I can win one. Oh, God. I don't blame you for waiting. Hey, great story, Nate. Thanks for calling in. Yep. Thanks, Nate. All right. So we've been uh, going through uh, a really interesting series of uh, uh, Jeep tips here with Steve 4.3 LXJ. Uh, we're going to do part five of finding trails. And that's uh, like all over the United States. So this is a a real interesting way to find places to go uh, wheeling. And, and Tammy's actually found a, a place near her house that she wasn't aware of before. So this thing can really pay off. I mean, she's been, what you drive four hours to Rosh Creek and then four hours back home. And, and now you got a place yeah. you can go 30 minutes away. It's not Rosh Creek, but it's still no, a place to get off road. Not really, but yeah. Yep. So you can, you never know what you're going to find just by uh, looking around. And this uh, series certainly helps you find those things. So take it away, Steve. Hi, this is Steve, 4.3 LXJ, with another Jeep trip. And I'd like to uh, continue on our series here on uh, how to find places to wheel. Now, if you want to go back to your Wentworth Springs quadrangle map that you've downloaded, and we're going to take a look at some of these features on these maps, how to identify them and what they mean. So if you will go to the... Uh, Frame number two of the Wentworth Springs quadrangle. That's where we started last time. A and uh, you'll click, notice that click, click. these maps are blown up a little bigger than your your uh, first page. And you'll see that uh, there's lots of lines on there and all kinds of stuff. First thing that you notice is some 
north, south, east, west lines. Some of them are dashed, some of them are solid. These are section lines, and these are uh, based on the surveys that were done in the 1800s. used to be my job in the Forest Service to go out and find where those lines intersected, and uh, all I had was one of these maps and a compass, and we found over 90% of them. So uh, all of the surveying that is done for a fact on the West Coast and probably most of it on the East Coast is all related to these lines and these intersections. They call them section corners. And the legal definition is they're more or less a square mile. So when you look at a Jeep trail that goes through one of these sections, you know how much a mile is because it's the distance as a crow flies from one red line to the one on the opposite side. And if you go diagonally, it's about a mile and a half. Now, of course, you've got to add for squiggles and turns and all that stuff as you go on your trail, but it gives you an idea of how far you've got to go. The second thing you're going to notice is there's a lot of squiggly lines and it may not mean much to you, but each one of those lines represents a change in elevation of 40 feet. Hmm. So let's uh, go back down to the Hellhole Reservoir there. It's right in the middle on the left-hand side. And you'll notice that around the reservoir there, it doesn't look too steep. The lines are kind of far apart. But then as you go north a little ways, about a half mile, the lines get very close together. That means the mountain's steep. And I can tell you that there's places on that trail that are not shown on this map where it kind of drops off and you kind of have to look where you're going. You don't want to go off the trail. So these little squiggly lines tell you how steep the terrain is. Secondly, you notice there's circles and there's little blue lines. Well, those blue lines are creeks. Some of them are dashed, some of them are solid, and some of them are black. It's, they're marked as rivers, like the Rubicon River that feeds the Hellhole Reservoir. The Rubicon Trail crosses this river. Uh, those are always in the low spots, so you can identify what the low spots are and what the high spots are on your map. And when you get to looking at these things, once you get experienced with them, you can look at one of these maps and then you can look at ter the terrain around you and you can identify where you are, even if you don't know where you are, as long as you've got a map that shows you the prominent features. And if you get good with triangulation with a good compass, you can plot yourself, as I did once, within 80 feet of a known point just by using a compass and a pencil and one of these maps. So they're very accurate and, and they're very relevant. For now, we'll leave it right there and let you study your maps, look at the Jeep trails, look at the ones you've already downloaded from last time and see where the Chipmunk Ridge Jeep Trail and the Hellhole Jeep Trail start from. And we'll go from there uh, next time. So, you know, I can't uh, tell you how inviting places like Hellhole sound uh, to me. Uh, <laughs> and if, I, if I'm remembering correctly, GPS is accurate to within 50 feet. So if you could do a map and a compass and a pencil and get to 80 feet, yeah, yeah, it's a lot cheaper than the multi-billion dollar satellites uh, that are uh, orbiting the planet. <laughs> 
I've look, I've been following him. I downloaded the map, and you know, looking at it before, it was just like a map with a bunch of squiggly lines. Mm-hmm. But listening to him talk, I mean, I can see this map now in three D. Like I'm looking down on it, and I can see these mountain peaks, and I'm like. Oh, I get it now. Yeah. I can visually, it's like, I can, it's, it's really cool. And I'm excited because when I go away, the third weekend in May is my overlanding weekend and I'm going to be taking map reading classes and doing what he said with the pencil and the compass and all that. So it'll be cool to, I'm kind of getting a, a precursor yeah, to this that. Is, this is a head start. This is yeah. good. Yeah. You'll, uh, you'll look like you know what you're doing out there. So. I know. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, Steve, turning jeepers like into cartographers one episode at a time. That's right. Exactly. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast. And the Jeep Talk Show is a proud member of the 4x4 Radio Network. Just visit 4x4radionetwork.com and learn more about the 4x4 podcast, Center Steer podcast, Trail Chasers podcast, and our newest member, the On the Trail podcast. Advanced Adapters, this is Clyde. How can I help you? Hello, this is uh, Tony from the Jeep Talk Show. Okay, Tony, how can I help you? I want to check on my Atlas build. Sure, would it be under that Jeep thing you said? No, it's probably by my name. Uh, Try McElroy. Okay, uh, oh, I found it. Uh, Yeah, I'm seeing that it was ordered just a few days ago. Well, it's been almost a week. Didn't they tell you that it would be a five to six week build for the unit? Yes, but I thought maybe something have happened, uh, and, and you may have already had it done. Maybe it was ready sooner. I'm just really excited to get it. Yes, sir. I certainly understand, but it shows that it's on schedule for the five to six weeks previously quoted. Okay, well, thanks for checking, and you know, be sure to listen to the Jeep Talk Show. Uh, sure. Okay, I'll be sure to do that. All right, man, thanks. Shut up and listen. Shut up. Shut up. So shut up. You don't shut Man, up. Shut up, Shane. Hey. Shut up and listen. It's time for Wrangler Talk. It's time for G-Mama. So everyone, I'm going to be talking about de-rustifying my Wrangler. And I'm excited because I'll get to do it this weekend. We're going to be in the 70s and 80s. And I'm hoping finally winter's gone. And we will have no more salt on our roads. So I can start taking care of of that iron oxide, otherwise known as rust, which is a chemical component, in case anybody didn't know this, of iron and oxygen. And there are 16 known iron oxides out there. So over time, iron mixed with water and oxygen is going to disintegrate to nothing. And for jeepers like me in the salt belt, one of the things that we all hate speeds up this process immensely, and that's road salt. And this past winter, which, by the way, ended yesterday, I hope, we had more than the usual amounts of road salt poured onto our roads, and it was horrible. And this has greatly increased the amount of rust developing on my Wrangler, especially on my aftermarket bumpers, sliders, those skid plates that I scrape up. So now that spring is here in Maryland, or it was today anyway, Um, I'm going to be testing out five, yes, I said five (laughs) different rust treatment suggestions made to me by fellow Jeepers during a poll I did on social media. Now, the first one I'm going, because I just want to see which one is the better one, because the ones I've been using in the past, 
I don't know, they didn't really last long, but I don't think any of them are meant to last long, especially with the road salt. So anyway, the first one is called Permatext Rust Treatment. And what it does, it kills old rust and it prevents new rust from developing. And what you do is, well, with all of these, first you got to clean the surface, get rid of the flaky, powdery rust that they call it tight rust, the rust that's adhered, that doesn't you know, you can't scrape off. That rust is okay to stay on the surface that you are going to be trying to um, use these products on. Anyway, once you do that, you rinse with water. And this Permatex, you can have it in a spray form or a liquid form. And I've got the white liquid form. And what it's going to do is turn into a black coating when there's rust present. So after that's done, you let it sit overnight, and then you can um, paint right on that. But what I'm going to do is get this stuff called Automotive Primer, and it's a self-etching primer. And I'll spray that on, and then I will spray on my black Krylon Rust Enamel, um, which is supposed to help eliminate rust, just so I have my black bumpers are black. So anyway, that's test number one. The second one is going to be a Rust-Oleum rust dissolver. And this is designed to dissolve and remove rust and oxidization on things like iron, steel, aluminum, and many, many other surfaces. This is also a liquid that I can just paint on. And once the rust is dissolved, you rinse it off and wipe the surface. And then an hour later, I'll do that same um, routine of the self-etching primer and the black spray paint. So the third one I'm going to test out is called Ospho. I believe that's how you say it. It's this green liquid. It comes in a clear bottle. And this is the one that everyone says is their go-to liquid. So I'm going to test this one out. It's supposed to stop rust and prepares the rusted surfaces for painting. What it does is it causes the iron oxide to change into iron phosphate and this iron phosphate is an inert hard substance that turns the metal black and it's ready to be painted. Um, and it's a liquid. You just brush it on, you let it dry overnight, and then you spray paint it like the others. The fourth liquid I'm going to use is called Corosil. Corosil, I believe that's how you pronounce it. And just like the others, you clean the areas of all the flakes and the powders of the rust. And this is a liquid, too. You paint it on, and it's supposed to convert the rust to a non-rusting barrier. And then you can do the self-etching primer and the black spray paint again. Now, the fifth one is, I'm not sure if I'm going to do this one or not because it kind of scares me. Somebody suggested I get um, this thing that you attach to your drill, and it's supposed to paint, remove paint and rust. It's a rust and paint stripper. And it's a scotch bright pad. It looks kind of scary. Um, and it's a power tool. You use a power tool. <laughs> That's just basically sanding it down, didn't it, with yeah. the scotch bright? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, but it's for a large area. And I'm not doing my whole bumper. I'm just doing little parts and pieces here and there. So I'm still debating on whether it's going to be five things or four things. So we'll see. I'm going to be recording on Saturday. Um, hopefully I won't. If I do do this little sander thing, maybe this could be for um, my skid plates because that's those are pretty scraped up and they're um, rusting pretty badly under there. 
So anyway, I do have a question for you guys. Tony, Josh, maybe somebody out there listening. There are some spots on my front and rear bumpers where the black powder coat is still there. But if you rub your finger over it, and you can even look at it, it kind of is like bubbling, like the oxidization has started underneath it, but the black powder coat is still there. Do I go ahead and just leave that, or should I just start peeling that away and getting rid of the rust underneath? That's Pandora's box right there. <laughs> uh, likely, likely what you're seeing there is um, the metal had some contaminants on it before it right. went through the powder coating process. Typically, uh, you, you, I mean, I, I spent some time in one of my past jobs doing powder coating and whatnot, so I, I kind of have some inside baseball information as to how all this stuff works. Um, the problem with going and starting to pick away some of that stuff is, is at that point, you're, you're, you're basically peeling back the skin and you're exposing the metal at that point. Now, okay, yes, I have stuff that I can treat it. I have stuff that I can paint it. Uh, but again, it, it all comes down to the prep. And this is kind of what, you know, got not you in trouble in the first place, but lack of prep is what is causing those impurities to now come out through the powder coat because, well, they're not supposed to be there to begin with. So right. um, you're going to have to do some sanding, some surface prep and whatnot. Um, it's going to be a project. It's not going to be just, well, I can pick this little spot and dab it with some paint and I'll be good to go. Yeah, that might get you by for a period of time, but pretty soon your bumper is going to look like it has measles. The rust isn't going to go away, Tammy. If it's bubbling up underneath there, uh, it, it, it's not going to it's not going to get better. It's going to get worse. Yeah, because you know where the um, the fog lights in the housing units there, you can see it's just bleh, all yeah. over. So now, now I'm just wondering. There's a chance, Tammy, that that powder coating might be under a manufacturer's warranty because that would be considered workmanship. Yeah. So uh, maybe talk with the manufacturer, explain some things, have some very, very good detailed in-focus pictures ready to email them upon request. And who knows, you might be able to get somewhere. Now, it might involve you taking off that bumper and shipping it back. But at you know you might be out of out of your bumper for a couple of weeks, so I'll sl slap on your your stock one for you know the time being. Uh, but when everything's all said and done, you'll be getting your bumper back essentially reconditioned. Um, also too, I would uh, I would just like to state I learned a while back by a bumper manufacturer, uh, a guy does it on uh, small business, never to get anything powder coated because of this exact reason. And I don't. I don't like powder coating. I know not everybody agrees with that. That's fine. But I'd just like to say, once you damage it on the trail or you get rust bubbles like this, it's a lot of work to fix it. Mm -hmm. So what would you do instead? I would get it bare metal, sand it down, clean it, prime it, and paint it. And then if it gets damaged, you reprime it, or, you know, sand it, or the little area, prime it, paint it. And you keep doing that forever. Because <laughs> you know, uh, honestly, a four dollar can Tammy, of uh, sp uh, spray paint is a lot c easier to do than shipping yeah. a bumper back. Yeah, he's he's right. It, it sounds like a lot more work than than it really is down the road as far as your repairs after painting goes. Trying to fix powder coating is a lot harder and a lot well a lot more difficult to get good results than trying to fix a paint job. Well, I'm talking about a bumper paint job, not like body work. Yeah, you said it, you said it yourself. You, you wind up with something that looks like measles. Yeah. I mean, the only so way to I, fix powder coating is to strip it all off and re-powder coat it. Right. Or paint it, yeah. Uh, so I, I mean, for it to look like it did when it came from, right. from the manufacturer is what I'm saying. Right. It's, so it's a no-win situation. 
there's a very good chance that that powder coating was also outsourced. So, you know, we can see how this very easily gets into a lot of, you know, a lot of trouble. Um, But like I said, Tammy, uh, you know, make some phone calls, shoot out a couple emails, just start, you know, finding out, you know, maybe the workmanship might be covered. Maybe this is something that you want to try and and you know that that's a road you want to try and go down otherwise yeah strip it and paint it let me let me make a prediction so uh where is it where is it that you live oh don't they salt the roads there uh yeah, yeah it's yeah, not covered yeah. no and it, when i when i was talking about this on my social media everyone's like you cannot avoid it yeah in the northeast now, it's just i think somebody can, life. i think somebody can powder coat properly uh and and really do a good job like what you say make sure it's not contaminated but that requires prep time and it 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 adds expense to the bumper so Mm -hmm. there you go i i I think josh says it all the time you get what you pay for this was paid for by legos too there you go coming up later in the show folks once again nikki g and the countdown is on for gosh it's even less than 20 days, I believe it is, when I get to see Nikki G. <laughs> Yay! And you're still excited about it, which I think is great. Hey, did Nervous. You, <laughs> did you know you can now listen to the Jeep Talk Show episodes right from your Amazon Echo? <gasps> Just enable the Jeep Talk Show skill in your Amazon app. It is that easy. Then just say the magic words. Alexa, ask the Jeep Talk Show to play the latest episode. Welcome. You can listen to all the episodes of Jeep Talk Show, a Jeep podcast, including new episodes, as they are released. For now, you'll start with the most recent episode, but you can change by skipping forward or backward. You can even say how many episodes you'd like to skip. It is a wonderful way. It's like radio was way back when, but you don't have to turn the little knobs. You just tell your Amazon Echo what to do, and it does it. I'm just looking for the sandwich add-on. That would be really nice. Alexa, make me a sandwich. A lot like our uh, our listener audience. We tell them to leave us reviews, and they do that very same thing week after week. And, of course, you guys always deliver. Uh, we encourage you guys to give us those five-star reviews, and you do. Uh, and, of course, leave a comment as well, which we love to read on the show, which we are about to do. Now, we got one through Facebook right uh, this last week here. We got we, several from YouTube and Facebook and iTunes, pretty much anywhere where you guys can find us. You can find a way to leave us a review and a comment. Tammy, who had what to say about us this time? Well, Joey A. gave us a five-star review on Facebook, and he said, Great show. Listen every week, and a lot of my Jeep club does wear called, we're called Grim Jeepers in New Jersey. And I bet you I've come across some of these fellas um, out on the trails in Roush Creek. I bet you. <laughs> well, big shout out to Grim Jeepers out in New Jersey then. Yep. Thank you very much for the review. We love it. It's uh, it's always fun to uh, poke my head in on Facebook and see those reviews. And uh, we uh, we all three enjoy seeing them. Thank you very much for taking the time to uh, give us those, those great reviews. Well, now, as many of you know, 2018 marked the 52nd annual Easter Jeep Safari in Moab, Utah. Now, it's amazing to think that Jeepers have been flocking to Utah's high desert for as long as the NFL has been crowning Super Bowl champions. Just like the Gridiron Classic in February, the legendary off-road festival hosted by Red Rock Four-Wheelers celebrates the premier achievements in its industry through rough and rugged performance. 
Extreme Terrain visited EJS in late March to experience Moab and take in all the sites. The week-long Jeep event ran from Sunday, March 25th through Saturday, March 31st, and included everything from vendor-sponsored trail rides, corporate social gatherings hosted by aftermarket parts manufacturers to an incredible display of seven completely custom JL Ranger concepts from Jeep themselves. Now, the trail rides ranged in difficulties from 1 to 10 with something like Steelbender rated at number 6. Now, offering a mixture of moderately difficult off-road obstacles to a couple of hair-raising upchucks or drops to raise the adrenaline of even the seasoned wheelers in the crowd, many of the trail rides benefit from the expert trail guidance of the club's knowledgeable members. It's easy to spot the crew in their iconic red nylon jackets with the RR4W patches on the back. Classic! Extreme Terrain was able to take one of their own Jeep project Jeeps, Brian Deegan's Deegan 38 JK Rubicon, across the Steelbender Trail on Tuesday, March 27th. The 2017 Wrangler Rubicon outfitted in Deegan 38 parts and Terraflex long-arm suspension handled the Category 6 trail like the beast that it is. Check out how the Deegan 38 JK came to life and see all the coverage from Easter Jeep Safari that Extreme Terrain has to offer. We'll swing over today over to ExtremeTerrain.com or visit the link in today's show notes to see for yourself. Route 16 Off-Road brings you the best gear from the best brands in the off-road community all in one place. From Power Tank, S-Pod, Casey Highlights, Aries, Nitro, Crazy Beaver, Poison Spider, Traction Jack, Rugged Ridge, Factor 55, Yukon, Rubicon Express, Warren, Pro Eagle, Owens Parts, Tuffy, and more. As a community-focused brand, they sponsor some great events, clubs, and organizations, from the Uari OHV Jamboree to the Myrtle Beach Jeep Jam, from the Carolina Trails Off-Road Uari Invasion to the Marine Recon Challenge. How about Topsail Island Jeep Week and the 36 Hours of Uari Adventure Race? Team True Patriot. Chances are they're going to be at an event this year you're attending, so make sure you stop by, say hi, or even order your next parts right on the spot in their web orders tent. You can find Route 16 Off-Road on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and even Pinterest. Or just head straight over to their website at Route16.com. That's R-O-O-T-O-N-E-S-I-X.com. Route 16 Off-Road. They live the Jeep life, too. Advanced Adapters, this is Clyde. How can I help you? Hey, Clyde. I'm glad it's you again. Uh, this is Tony with the Jeep Talk Show. Well, hello, Tony. How can I help you? I don't know if you remembered, uh, but I called you. Uh, yeah, I remember. Okay, good. I was just checking on my Atlas build. Oh, McElroy, right. Any good news? Maybe it's ready early? I'll check. No, but the good news is the build is still on schedule for the five to six weeks we originally told you. Uh, okay, wait. Uh, does that mean you have cases where it took longer to build? No, that's what I tried to indicate. Five to six weeks is our standard time frame, and we seldom have a problem with hitting that time frame. But it's possible it could be longer. Sure, anything's possible, but it's not very likely. <sighs> okay, good. I was getting worried there. Oh, did you listen to the show? Uh, what show? Uh, the Jeep Talk Show. I told you last time we spoke. Oh, right. Sorry, I haven't had a chance yet, but I will put it on a list of things to do. Is there anything else I can help you with? Uh, no, uh, that's it. Thanks. 
This is Zach from CNM Jeeps. This is Lisa Simon from Trim Perfect. This is Alan Peterson with Painless Performance Wiring. This is Amy from TNA Decal. This is Neil from SFJ4x4.com. This is Randall Spear, Motorsports Manager from Dana Aftermarket. This is Paul Wolf from ENI USA RM. I'm John Eastmore from Black Forest. This is Nathan Leahy from Mickey Thompson Tires and Wheels. And, and you're listening, listening to the Jeep, Jeep Talk Show. Show. A nice big Jeep wave goes out to all of our friends and fans in the off road industry. We thank you for your support. From around the world, or from your city, and sometimes just down the street. Howdy, neighbor. It's the Jeep Talk Show interview. Well, good evening, guys and gals. We have a uh, interview tonight with Jerry Samoose of Old Soldier Ironworks, and we're going to be talking about uh, his Freedom Flyer, but more about that here in just a minute. Jerry, thanks a lot for being with us. Uh, tell the folks uh, where you're located. Well, first of all, thanks for having me. It's, it's quite an honor to be on your uh, show. Um, we're located in uh, near Raleigh, North Carolina, um, on the eastern seaboard. Excellent. Now, you know, I I asked you for some, for some bio information so we could put it up on our website, and I thought it was really interesting that you used to be a Houston resident, and uh, that's where I'm located. I'm located just outside of Houston in Katy, Texas, and uh, when you said that your uh, dad was a real-life rocket scientist, I figured uh, you must have been down in NASA. Yes, my dad worked for NASA. He was a rocket scientist and nuclear physicist. And he ended up wanting to be more excited, and he, he ended up testing mm-hmm. spacesuits. And he has the longest man hours in, of anyone in the world in being in a vac suit. So he wanted to be an astronaut, but he had uh, bad eyesight, so he couldn't do it. But um, uh, he did all the testing and everything else. It's, it's a hard thing to follow up on having a super genius as a dad. You know, <laughs> yeah, I can say. imagine. I was just going to say, hey, Jerry, can we, can we get your dad on instead? <laughs> yeah, seriously. He studies Mars and does sunspot, you know, and increases the, uh, the the sensitivity of radio telescopes. It's disgusting. Oh, no. Nice. I can't even keep up. So, I try. So how long? Up. It's like, you know, what do you do? Yeah. <laughs> hey, you do the best you can do, and uh, you go your own direction, which you certainly have done. Yeah. So uh, uh, how long you, were you guys in the Houston area before moving? I grew up there uh, pretty much all my life. Uh, we wanted to, as kids, we all wanted to move away because it was hot and miserable. <laughs> oh, yes. And hot and miserable, and the mosquitoes were size of bats, and we just couldn't stand it out there. Um but we stayed until college years when we all went to college down there in Texas. Uh-huh. And then everyone, as soon as they got free from university, ran for it and scattered across the United States to get away from Texas. <laughs> so so how many times did you see snow in Houston, Texas? Once. Yeah. <laughs> Once, and it was very brief. <laughs> these people don't understand. Like, Tammy's in Maryland, and Josh is over in Portland, Oregon. And these people and the other folks that I inter, uh, interface with on Facebook that, you know, they say, oh, it's snowing again. I go, oh, how wonderful that must be for you. It's so pretty. I've seen it three yeah, times. Not, not, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so anyway, I, I going down memory lane there. So uh, that's that's great. Now, now let's get over to the uh, the Freedom Flyer. This thing was uh, was very interesting. Now, in the bio that you sent me, you say that your wife bought a Jeep. Does that mean you're not a Jeep owner? Oh, I own a Jeep. I own uh, Captain Winters, which is the mascot. Uh, if you look at our website, it's the big red Jeep with all the uh, logos all over it for our uh, for Old Soldier Ironworks. But that beca- that came from the invention. 
you see, the wife, she just wanted a Jeep. She always wanted a Jeep, mm -hmm. always. And <laughs> we couldn't afford it. We finally got to a place where we could. And um, Don, who's now the vice president, was just giving us, you know, here's where you buy a Jeep. You don't go to go look at a Jeep because if you go and look at a Jeep, you're going to take one home. It's kind of like buying a puppy. You don't yeah. look at a puppy. Yeah. <laughs> you just go to pick one out, you know. Yeah. And she's like, no, nah, we're just going to go look. But we came home with a Jeep that night. Of course. <laughs> yeah. He was right. And then we went to our first event, and it was a flag flying event, and we didn't have one. And we saw all these bungee-corded, you know, PVC-piped things. And we actually saw one or two flags fall off of Jeeps onto the road. And oh, I was, wow. being a military veteran, that really offended me. Yeah. And I was like, there's got to be a better way, you know. And then later on, the wife, we went to another event with another flag flying thing. We do a lot of military stuff out here because we're so close to Fort Bragg and all the major uh, military installations in North Carolina. And um, she's like, you know, Samoose. That's what she said. She said, Samoose, I want a flag. And I want a flagpole on my Jeep that won't bang the back of the door like that stupid thing in the tailgate. I want to be able to get to the beer. I want it to be able to open up <laughs> the back of the Jeep and get to the beer uh -huh. without any problems, without removing it. No hold my flag to get to my beer. None of that. And I'm like, well, don't ask for the sun and moon. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Oh, good you, Lord. So, man, you just got to say yes, ma'am, and get busy. <laughs> yeah. So, at lunch at work, I'm staring at all the back ends of Jeep's pictures, and I'm like, I can't put it on the hinge. I can't put it on here. What am I going to do? And I said, you know, if I just grab that tire, and I went, ah, uh -huh, I can grab that tire. And I made a steel hand that grabs the tire. It's called the the, the, that part of the freedom fire, we call it the talon because it grabs the fire mm -hmm. and then the pole attaches to it. And I have a large background in, in industrial sculpture in college. It was my minor. I've been always playing around with blacksmithing and bronze smithing and stuff like that on the side. So I had everything I needed to make it. And it was just a big firestorm. Everything was perfect. I had no preconceived notions because we, we weren't in a Jeep community. We didn't know about other people's designs or failures. So I didn't have, this is how it should be done in my head to pollute my mind. And it was a free thought and boom, it just happened. So when you made it, did you have any idea in your mind that you would be making this for other people? No, uh -uh. when I made it, I made two. It's a thing whenever you're making something for the first time, you always make two because one of them could be miserable failure and a disaster and at least you'll get one out of it and take some of the parts and you know scavenge them over to the other one to make right. it work so you always make two so i made two and uh the wife took off with that jeep i'm like in the middle of this and she drives off with the jeep and goes to the beach with all our girlfriends i'm like i don't even know how to put this on a, i don't have a tire so i called don up and i said don you're the one who got me into all this i need your tire and he's like what I got things to do. I said, get over here and bring me a tire. And he's like, why? And I said, just come over and shut up and come over. Bring your wife. <laughs> and he's like, fine, fine. I'll come over. And he came over. He drove up in the backyard. And I simply had just gotten finished sewing on the, uh, the ratchets. And I just walked up to his, to his wife's back of her Jeep, stuck it right on the tire and ratcheted it up in less than 30 seconds and kind of stood. I said, I think it's going to work. 
and and they were like freaking out in the backyard and i was like what <laughs> they're like oh my god do you realize what you just did and i'm like i put a flag on a tire what right. so here we are <laughs> so so then is that when you decided oh i bet you we could sell these or did it just kind of gradually happen when people saw they were like you can't display that you can't take it off the back of your take it off the jeep we're not gonna we'll drive around the block to test it that's it put it in your shed don't let anyone see this you don't know what you just did jerry you don't know what you just made he's he was a big jeeper he's He'd seen it all, been doing it all for 20 years. He said, right. you solved the problem that's been plaguing the Jeep community for 40 years. You have no idea what you just did. And you're going to be selling these like crazy. You just made a million dollars. You don't even know it. <laughs> Hide this thing. Get it patented. Sell whatever you can to get the provisional patent on this. I don't you, I don't know about then, you, Jerry, but that's the way I like making a million dollars, not even knowing that I'm getting it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, it's not like it fell out of the sky either. I've, you know, we're talking a 3,000-degree forge. We're talking, you know, it's it's a lot of work to make these things. Mm-hmm. And it's been really slow at first, but now the momentum is, is, is it's starting to breathe on its own, this thing. So now um, I just want to make sure that people pick up on this. Uh, the, uh, I think one of the critical things is it's easy to install. It's very quick to install and it's very quick to uninstall. Yeah. Well, his 10 year old daughter did it in two minutes flat, seeing it for the first time with just a step ladder. And we're just talking her through it and we filmed it live and you could shake the whole Jeep when she was done with zero tools zero tools i wanted to make it bikini ready because i knew that if my if i put this thing on the back of my jeep it would be me taking it off and putting it on every single oh, time so yes. i made sure that it was i could do it with no tools super convenient super easy to remove and, and take off and it, it removes just as fast it's just two ratchets that's it but they provide so much power and strength that the thing just it just grips with a gorilla grip on the back of the vehicle it's it's an intense and there's no movement at all it's solid so and and there's no noise right no noise there's no rattle there's none of that so when you slam the door the the inner pole might rattle a little but we've insulated the the pole it's in so that's now a funk sound instead of a rattle so this can fit like just a regular size flag this isn't for like those you know, little garden flags. This is like the big American flag. Yeah, the or your three by big, fives, right? Yeah, your big sports by, flags. Oh, oh, but wait, it's a three by five. But if you extend it, you can raise the three by five above the Jeep, or you can install another eye uh, screw in the bottom triangle portion and put another uh, hook in there, and you can fly a five by what is it? A five by eight flag. Oh wow! Boy, now, now, Jerry, don't get crazy. the The Jeeps only have a certain amount of horsepower. <laughs> yeah, yeah well, that's true. I can't say what it'll, uh, it'll do for your drag, but it'll definitely you definitely fly a much bigger flag. That's um, amazing. And these are this is highway speeds too. With it, you don't want to raise it up and fly a flag because uh, at higher speeds it'll bend that inner pole. But it, when it's in the lower setting, you can go seventy, eighty, ninety miles an hour your only thing in danger is your flag so your, the fire is rated mathematically for 380 miles an hour so does that we mean does, the design. does that mean we could be looking forward to a a new video coming out from uh, 
Ironworks, uh, Old Zocher Ironworks, where you're going to be showing your Jeep driving at 90 miles an hour with a flag uh, trailing behind you? It totally could. There's no <laughs> doubt about it. I was looking it for totally that. It totally could. The flag would get torn up, but it yeah. totally could. Yeah, absolutely. There's no, there's no doubt about it. Uh, now, what I want to see someone test is the 380-mile-an-hour uh, math. That would be interesting. Anybody <laughs> with a 380-mile-an-hour Jeep, let me know. I'll give you a free Freedom Fire to test that bad boy. Oh, there you go. <laughs> well, you yeah, can, you of, need to get one of those things on the back of one of these uh, Trackhawk Grand Cherokees that uh, have 700 horsepower on them. Oh, hey, yeah. Jerry, Josh here. Uh, quick question for you, man. You said these things are, are sure. freeway safe, you know, tested for, you know, a, a lot real high uh, wind speed in here. Are they 50 state legal on the freeways? Is there anything that, you know, maybe a state patrol might have a problem with this in, in one state versus another? No, they're, they're, it's ridiculously over-engineered. So the strength of the pole, like I said, the pole will not fail. I mean, you have to do some crazy stuff to break our poles, like drive it into solid walls. Uh, people have dro- driven it into their garage and rip chunks Oops. out of their garage and bent our pole that way. <laughs> like the you got to do some does. crazy stuff to bend, or bend, to bend it or to make it fail. And we, again, everything is way over-engineered. The uh, only thing that would be a flaw is not all flags are made the same. So if you buy a high-wind mariner flag that's flown off of boats and ships at sea and you spend that extra money, you won't have a problem at 70 miles an hour. However, if you get some little cheap knockoff flag with, you know, barely anything on there, it's going to fly off the back of that thing at 50, easy. Mm -hmm. So it's all about your flag. The flag is only a weak point. So what we say is when you're getting on the highway, as a rule of thumb, pull that flag off. Just unclip, clip, clip. It takes literally 10 seconds. Put it in your Jeep. Drive on the highway. Get off the Jeep. Jump out. Clip, clip. 15 seconds it's on. You're back in business. That reminds me of the old days uh, back in college, The uh, what they call those, the Chinese fire drill. Everybody gets out of the car and, and goes around really quick, gets back in all at a light, you know, between the course of a, of a red stoplight there. Well, sounds like a lot of yeah, fun. Uh, what was the real world testing in this? I mean, I, the, the wife taking off in the middle of all this to the Jeep, that was probably the, the first, you know, real world test. Was there, was there any like wind tunnel testing or anything like that, that, that went into making sure that this is as strong as it could be? No, no wind t- tunnel test, just hit the highway at high speeds. Um, and, and watching what happened, we'd go out at night and drive really fast <laughs> and so see what happened. And Were there any, like, uh, again, you get the flags would fray. There, again, if your flag is a strong high wind flag, you won't have any problems. It's about the flag. The flag is the only weak point. And that's what's ironic. It used to be that the design, the flagpole, the thing that's sticking it on, all the bungee cords, all the, the, the zip strips, that's the weak point. Not yeah. with us. Right. Not ever again. So you Not were sh- so Jerry, you were sharing a story with me about how uh, the uh, the Shark Tank people had reached out to you about possibly being on uh, Shark Tank to uh, promote your product or you know to promote it to the sharks anyway. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. That's a big deal, I think. Uh, national television. Well, it says uh, it says a lot about the product more than anything. When we first sold our very first one, July fourth, two thousand seventeen, sold our first unit. I sent a letter on email to Shark Tank as a joke, sort of like <laughs> inviting the president to a wedding. You don't expect him to show up, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. So, uh, you know, eight months passes, and they called me up. And I'm thinking it's a crank call, so I hung up on them. 
And they called me up again. And I thought it was a phone call, so I hung up on them. And they called me up again and said, no, don't hang up the phone. We really mean it. We're from Shark Tank. We don't hang up the phone. Because, <laughs> wow. you know, I'm like, come on. You don't expect the president to show up at your wedding. Are you kidding me? Right. So when they called, and whether we were ready or not, you know, as a business, the product was so strong that they, they wanted to, to put us on the show. And then when we got into the minutia of the business and where we're at and, uh, you know, that we're trying to get all of our stuff together, you know, as a business, because we were at that point only, what, eight months old and we're still, we're still learning. We're still trying to do mass runs that we hadn't, hadn't been able to finance. We're still having uh, shipping uh, uh, expense issues and timing issues, which we're working out. But they, they want a clear-cut, clean, you-got-it-together business, and they want more sales than we're, we're producing, which by this time next year, you know, it's going to be 10 times what we're at, where we're at. So. Yeah, so bottom line is you're not going to make it on Shark Tank for this season, but it's uh, possible that uh, uh, our listeners may see a very familiar product on Shark Tank in the future, maybe next year. Yeah, season 11, um, the uh, producer that was contacting us said, we have a very good chance for season 11. That's so great. we just need more development at, on our corporate side. The so, invention's there. It's solid. They want it. But we've got to have more development on you know our structure, our employees, all that stuff's got to be in order. So I was going to ask this earlier. You mentioned that your wife took off with that very first uh, Freedom Flyer that you had built. Probably you didn't even have a name for it at the time. Uh, did she ever come back? <laughs> oh, she's back. She she's back. You know, and Don's wife took the other one. By the way, she took the other one and painted it pink. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh! I'm like, where did my prototypes go? They're gone. And so, you're, and you're you standing know, there. You got the tools. Better and better. <laughs> you got the tools. You got the know-how, but you got no freedom flyers because everybody's taking them. I think that's wonderful, and I think just having Shark Tank uh, call you back and uh, uh, or respond to your email. Uh, just just says volumes about your product. That's uh, that's just amazing. So uh, I, you know, I've looked at uh, flagpole things for my Jeep. I mean, I've got a nice American flag here, and uh, we recently uh, had some three by five Jeep talk show uh, flags made. And I'm thinking, you know, what uh, what can I do? I was going to try to engineer something myself, and uh, I'm thinking about the two inch receiver and that rattling stuff. And uh, this is great. It, it hugs that uh, that spare tire. Now, I guess people that don't have because it seems to be a thing. Uh, people uh, driving around without spare tires on the back of their Jeeps. If they don't have a spare tire, this isn't going to work for them, correct? Not yet. Oh, Not yet. Yeah, we have designs for three different designs, which are still not yet patented, so uh-huh. we can't really go into them too much. We have three different designs on paper that we are going to prototype to go on the back of pickup truck tailgates and Jeep tailgates without tires. But... We have to test them and and get it all down and get them uh, patent protected and everything else. Sure. So not yet. Oh, that's interesting though. I'm glad I asked that because that means that uh, if you don't have a spare tire and you still want to fly a flag, you might still be able to get a uh, a version of the Freedom Flyer here in the future. That's great to know. Yes, and it'll increase the market tenfold because all the pickup truck owners will want it too. Yeah, exactly. And I would assume that anybody that has a spare tire on the back of their vehicle, it doesn't have to be a Jeep. If they have a spare tire, they can fly a flag. Yeah, any size. Uh, it starts out, uh, the base, the, the standard unit, okay, does, uh, does the stock Jeep tire of 
uh, 31.5 inches. And then in, there's, there, the bottom foot drops down at, at one inch intervals. So we have drilled holes in an inner pole that drops down so it can fit all the way up to a, a size 40 tire. There you go. Which is massive. Yeah. With the same strength and reliability as a small one. And if you have a teenier tire, you'll let us know and we'll, we'll actually custom build a smaller one for you. We did a guy with a 26 uh, inch tire and it looked like a little Barbie toy, but it worked. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that patriotism doesn't stop uh, with the size of your tire. So uh, where can people see this uh, freedom flyer? Uh, Let's talk about the website or or, uh, social media or wherever they can see this thing. Well, social media, you can go to Facebook and do a search for freedom flyer or old soldier ironworks. And you can be part of the family. We've got over 2,000 likes in less than eight months. And uh, we're growing fast on, on the Facebook site. But the beauty of it is that you get to see what's going on, the latest ideas, the latest you know, releases, everything that's coming out. And you get to see us grow. And kind of watching the American dream in a microcosm. Mm-hmm. Um, then if you want to buy one, which we like, you know, browsers are welcome <laughs> and buyers adored. Yeah. If you want to buy one, you can go on to uh, oldsoldierironworks.com and purchase one in our shop there. Or you can go on etsy.com at the Freedom Flyer store and buy one there. Oh, and I forgot we to... Were on, we were on uh, eBay and, and Amazon, but they became... They're very uh, punitive. Hmm to new inventors, oh, okay. and they want something that's established. eBay, not so much, but it's it's really tough to start a shop when nobody knows. It's, so, it's such an expensive item, and nobody knows that you're actually delivering because you have so, you don't have any, you only, you know, there's no one who's purchased on eBay to witness that it's a great product on eBay to eBay. Sure. Yeah. So now, now I forgot to I forgot to mention I forgot to mention you. We're just not talking about one flag here. You guys have the ability to to fly up to three different flags on this uh, this unit, don't you? Yeah, and that's the beauty of the Facebook page is that people make suggestions and we come up with solutions. Um, My brain still works. I had that eureka moment, and my brain still works, and I can do it again. That's neat thing. Once you've invented once, you can invent twice. You can invent. It becomes easier each time. Um, so they said, well, I want to fly multiple flags. So once again, sat down and started drawing pictures and thinking it through. And I've created a bracket that allows you to add on extra poles that are exactly the same poles as a single freedom flyer unit. You get the bracket, you buy the extra pole, and you can literally fly two poles at once with just a bracket add-on. And it works for the very first freedom flyer that was ever sold all the way through to the ones that are being produced right now. So, and, it, man, um, and not only on that same bracket can you fly two, but you can also fly three by just adding another standard pole. Yeah, that triple threat uh, that you have on, on the website is just amazing. I like that <laughs> kit a lot, in fact. That, that looks pretty cool, man. It's gorgeous. The drag is intense, but it's gorgeous. I would imagine. (laughs) (laughs) Drag smack. Look at my flags. So, uh, uh, Jerry, give us an idea. What's the price on uh, on just the Freedom Flyer, the single pole unit? The single pole unit is one hundred and fifty dollars. the The Freedom Flyer kit for I mean the the double threat kit, so you can fly two off of yours, is another eighty dollars that you can add on later. 
And then the last pole is easy. It's a $45 purchase for the last pole. You just slap it on there. Oh. You can do all three. So you don't have to cough up the the 250 for the entire triple threat set. I mean, you could. We'll take your money and we'll do it. <laughs> we'll send it to you. But um, this way it's easier on the pocketbook. We had a special ops guy this weekend come up at our event, and he, he wanted the double bad. It was his wife was like, I don't think so. Not <laughs> that price. We can't handle that right now. Get the single. And next yeah. month, when you get paid again, get the add-on. And I that's, said, exactly. And that's the beauty like, of this. You can, add, just, you like, can yes, add sir. to it. Yes, yeah, that's the beauty of it. You can just add to this. So, you know, get into it for 150 You see the the quality construction. You see how uh, helpful it is. You, you also see those eyeballs all looking at your Jeep and looking at your great flag. And then you go, you know, what's better than one flag? Two flags. <laughs> Right. <laughs> you go get the other Nothing the other like add-on. Out of control patriotism. Woo-hoo! <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Absolutely love it. All right, Jerry. Well, we really appreciate it. We've uh, gone through the social media. You guys don't forget oldsoldierironworks.com. You can go over there and buy yourself a Freedom Flyer right now. And uh, from what Jerry was telling me before we started the interview, if you uh, if you want one, you better go over there and get it quick because uh, they're having a problem keeping them. Uh, they're trying to buy more and more, uh, but they just keep selling out. You're you're going to be going to some events or something with these flags, selling them there as well, uh, aren't you, Jerry? Yes, sir. Uh, I've been making them by hand in the backyard with a forge and an anvil, and you can watch the video on how it's made. Uh, it's just it's an all veteran owned business, so it's all vets doing this. Excellent. And uh, Don is uh, awesome. is an 82nd Airborne vet. Uh, James is a is is a sni- uh, Marine sniper. Me, I'm just a chaplain assistant from the U.S. Army, but, you know, whatever. Not everyone mm-hmm. can be a hero. So, anyway, uh, we're, so we're out there busting our tails, for, hand-forging these things on a 3,000-degree forge and making them. And we can make maybe 10, 20 a, a week, and it's just because we have regular jobs. So we're doing this on weekends. Mm-hmm. Well, every, it's gotten to the point where we're selling that many a week now uh, online. Mm-hmm. So we can't build up product to take to events. And the very first event we went to last year, no one knew who we were, so we had 100 units. We sold out in four hours. <laughs> Go <Gone>. Wow. <laughs> so now we've taken up with Evans Fabrication in uh, Wilson, North Carolina, and they've come alongside and figured out a way of cold uh, bending those uh, poles, which no one's been able to do so far out of all the fabrication shops and their giant machines. These guys figured out a way to do it. And um, so we're doing our very first mass order of 100 units from these nice. guys. And nice. um, we're going to take them to the Go Topless Day at Myrtle Beach uh, in less than four weeks mm-hmm. here in North Carolina. And then we're going to, uh, we're, we're going to uh, Tennessee for the Jeep Invasion, Smoky Mountain Jeep Invasion. We're looking at uh, New Jersey uh, Jeep Invasion, and then we're going to do uh, a Top Cell Island in the fall uh, invasion. And, of course, little small events all over North Carolina. Eventually, we're hitting Florida. We're going to expand across the United States, but we got to get there. Jerry, it sounds like a really uh, harsh job that you have here, going to all these events and uh, selling things and people patting you on the back for a great invention. Uh, it just really must suck. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 really the hard part. The forge work when you're out in the sun with a hundred degrees and it's blowing the you know two thousand degrees right out at you and melting you in the environment being at one hundred and fifty degrees that you're standing in. 
that's the easy part. The hard part is all these people telling you how awesome the invention oh, is sure. and how much they yeah. want to buy it. And <laughs> it's just rough. All I can say, Jerry, is this is this was God's way having you uh, grow up in Houston, Texas, and learn what summers really were so that you could uh, yeah, stand out there and do all this. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. Get ready. Get ready. It's coming for you. <laughs> All right, Absolutely. Jerry. Uh, it's great. Sounds like you got a great product there. We want everybody to go over to Old Soldier Ironworks and have a look. And uh, if Jerry mentioned any of these events that you were thinking about going to, uh, you can go out there and uh, see these products firsthand. You know, I know some of you guys uh, don't like buying stuff uh, without, you know, the touchy-feely first. Uh, but uh, so uh, uh, plan on going to one of these events. Uh, look up uh, Jerry and the Old Soldier Ironworks for the Freedom, Freedom Flyer. And uh, you can go over there and look and make sure that you got your money ready. Because I think this is going to be like going out looking at a Jeep. You're going to, you know, like Jerry was saying, you go out there and look at a Jeep and then you buy it. And I think you're going to look at this thing and want to buy it right there. So uh, make sure that you go out there with some money uh, to give uh, to give to Jerry and his early. team. Show up early. We sell out usually on Fridays in a few hours time. So if it's a weekend event, we're usually sold out by Saturday morning. So show up early. Well, damn it, Jerry, make more than 100 <laughs> uh, I think after that hundred, he'll be ready for a thousand. Yeah, yeah. Well, good luck oh, to yeah, you, Jerry, yeah. and uh, <laughs> good luck to you, Jerry. We're going to be keeping up with you, and uh, please stay in touch. And uh, we're going to have to have you back and see how things are going. You know, Absolutely. in another uh, four or six months or something. And certainly, if Absolutely. you get on Shark Tank. Yeah. Well, if if they'll if they'll you know figure out what an incredible invention that they're not getting money from they all call us so yeah, well, i mean that's the thing if they want to be involved they're going to get they're going to they're going to do well if they don't want to that's fine they can buy cookies from someone that's fine <laughs> right. i love it all right man thanks a lot thanks jerry thank you sir it was a pleasure thank you all for giving me this opportunity I just want to say thanks again to Jerry Smoose for taking the time to talk about Old Soldier Ironworks and what has to be the best flag flying system ever created for a vehicle. These things are cool, and I I, I think I speak for my co-host when I say, uh, yeah, we want one. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was really cool that you could add on to them. That's brilliant yeah. because you don't have to buy a two flag or a three flag and be stuck with that. You you know. Some events you might want to fly one flag. Some events you might want to uh, fly two. Or if you really want to make your uh, your gas mileage go down, you can fly three. <laughs> you know, so. I was I was checking them out before the show uh, earlier in the week, uh -huh. and uh, you know, checking out some pictures. And they got a couple of YouTube videos uh, and stuff showing like the the installation and kind of like a history and, and whatnot of you know how they came to be and everything. Really cool company, really cool guys and everything. But I had no idea about that triple threat system yeah. that they have. And when I saw the pictures of that, I was like, oh, no way. That is cool. So uh, that's, that's, that's on the wish list for sure. You know, I wonder if we could talk Jerry into making a, a super special five or six flag <laughs> add-on. Oh, six shooter. Just a, yeah, a six shooter. Just a one-off, you know, just for the, the YouTube video or something. Just for Tony's Jeep. <laughs> that would be hilarious. It, it would be great for Thanksgiving. It'd look like a turkey uh, driving around. <laughs> we, need a, we need a brown Jeep. Oh, yeah. So uh, have you ever wondered if you may have a mental problem, uh, you know, because of the love for your Jeep or <laughs> being an exhibitionist wanting to go topless all the time like Tammy? So coming up next week, uh, Tanya, uh, uh, I'm sorry, is that Childers? Childers? Childers. Childers. Yeah, okay. Hang on. So coming up next week, Tanya Childers 
a mental health professional, oh, and a Jeep owner, uh, she'll be here to talk about the Jeep addiction. Is it real? What are the warning signs? <laughs> Is there really any downside to being infected? So it's going to be a fun and interesting interview, I can already tell. Hey, do you have an idea for a guest? Maybe you want to be a guest on the Jeep Talk Show. Well, we'd love to have you. We'd love to have your ideas as well. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and share your idea for our next great guest. From the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G. And uh, I'd like to apologize for last week's joke. Boy, what a stinker <laughs> that was. You know it's bad when you don't even get a chuckle out of Josh. <laughs> and uh, I'd also like to thank you guys for putting on this show and uh, teaching me new things about my Jeep every day. Uh, every day I'm learning more and more. Like uh, just today I learned that a school of piranha can strip the flesh off a human being in under two minutes. And uh, coincidentally, I just lost my job today as lifeguard at the pool. All right, boys and girls, I'll uh, chat to you later. And you have a good one. Bye. We, we play the rim shot so you know where the jokes are. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, now, are we, are we putting those in or is he putting those no, in? No, it's me. <laughs> oh, it is? <laughs> yeah, and I, I get it, guys. My jokes are bad, too. But, you know, there you go. <laughs> you get what you pay for. You must have needed this every day. It's the Jeep Talk Show's must-have stuff, pick of the week for your Jeep. You know, I'm just thinking that's what Tammy sounds like in her head when we have somebody on that is selling something. She's looking at the stuff on the screen, and in her head she's screaming, I need it! <laughs> that would be, that's me. I want it! I, I've got that little voice in my head, too. There, there's we times where it's just like, oh, no, I, I gotta have that. Well, hey, if you have a Wrangler, then there's one little piece of equipment that is often taken for granted. It's overlooked or otherwise ignored and forgotten about. That is until it breaks. And you see it every single time you get in and out of the Jeep. You, yet many of you probably have never even touched it in the years that you've owned your Jeep. What am I talking about? The door limiting straps. Now, they are that little piece of material that helps eliminate door and fender dings by preventing your Jeep's door from swinging out too wide. Now, the ones I'm referring to can give your Jeep a little extra customization as they are made with one and eighth inch wide nylon webbing sold in pairs and are available in multiple colors and cool patterns, too. Now, they are about as easy to install as it gets, and they're adjustable so that you can, uh, well, adjust them to the width of the door, giving you the ability to stop that door opening wherever you want it to. Now, you can find these just about anywhere, but All Things Jeep has them for under $15, and that comes with the uh, cool patterns or the custom colors. You know what? This is a great thing. I especially like that they're adjustable. And, uh, no, I especially like that they're under $15 because that's yeah, how much that's... straps should cost. Do you know <laughs> that that little on the TJ on the, the passenger door uh, of my wife's TJ, that little mm -hmm. metal bracket, it's sheared off the, uh, oh. the screw. So the, the, the little thing that the strap attaches to, to the door turned the strap sl uh, slid off. And because nobody said anything to me about it. You know, it just, oh, no. it just hooks over the, 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 on the, the body side, it just hooks yeah. over the, the little thing sticking up. So guess what? That little strap is gone missing. 
So it was oh. easy enough to get the easy out and get that screw piece of screw out there and put another bigger screw in there, uh, yeah. you know, so it'd be a little more, a uh, little more, uh, not stable, uh, sturdy. And uh, so I was looking on Amazon because that's my go-to place for stuff like this, and they wanted forty freaking bucks. Yeah, no, I was I was doing that too because I was looking for other alternatives to these. I was like, okay, these are pretty cool. Let me see what else is out there, mm-hmm. kind of in this ballpark too. And I went to Amazon. That's my go-to as well. And lo and behold, yeah, you can find ones for maybe eighteen, twenty, twenty-five dollars um, around or a little bit more than these, but they're plain black. Yeah. And they're made with, you know, lesser quality materials. And it's just like, well, come on, I, you know, I can go to the junkyard and get something, you know, like that. Oh, yeah. No, these are these are by far a lot better. Certainly uh, look like they're a lot better built. And, and I think they're going to last a lot longer, too. So do you know what uh, what I finally did uh, to fix this? I didn't want to spend the 40 bucks. I didn't see the ones for 25 uh, Even at that, I think this is too Pull expensive. Pull out the old whitey tighties, uh, uh, the elastic strap. Uh, that was the first thing. That didn't last very long. Uh, and also too, there was some sort of brown discoloration. Uh, so what I did was, you remember the little, uh, uh, nylon pouches that come with the, uh, on brain fart and on the uh, very well-known, uh, flashlights. Um, oh, like the mag lights, the mag light, the, the small yeah. mag light that has like the two double a battery. Oh, uh, mag yeah, light. Yeah. So it comes with a little nylon pouch. Guess what's the right length for that <laughs> strap. <laughs> <laughs> And I don't have to do anything to it. I mean, I think I had to cut some of the threads on one side so I could get it, uh, you know, through the, the loop. Yeah. yeah, it works great. But, you know, I would <laughs> much darn. rather my wife will not get out of her Jeep without fear of it, of the door uh, hitting somebody else's car. I just let it, you know, sit there. And as long as the Jeep's and not you open moving it with your foot, you know, fully extend <laughs> that leg. <laughs> I don't want to damage the Jeep door. Uh, frankly, but I mean, it, it, I don't see anything wrong with it being resting on a mirror or something like that, as long as the Jeep's not moving, jumping up and down on it or something. But she doesn't like that; she has to hold it. So this adjustable strap would be perfect for her. She'd be able yeah. to adjust this where she likes it, and then she'd be able to use both hands getting in and out of the out of the Jeep. Great, uh, great must-have uh, product, Josh. I'm probably going to get some of these. And that's uh, Jean over there at All Things Jeep. She's going to be coming up as. Uh, uh, our uh, guest interview again, uh, Tammy and I interviewed her back on one of the uh, Jeep Talk call-in shows. That's right. Uh, the uh, uh, Go Topless Day is coming up on May nineteenth, and we're going to have uh, Gene to talk uh, about it because they're the ones that invented the whole Go Topless uh, thing. Right. And so. we're going to have a little bit of that continued theme a little bit later here in the show as well. But hey, if you want to get these nylon straps for yourself. Well, we'll, of course, have the link to these uh, where you can find them directly on the show notes for this episode over at JeepTalkShow.com. Hey, folks, and coming up in a few few minutes is Wheeling Wear. So at my house, I have two Cherokees to love. I've got the 1998 that I drive daily and have been driving daily for 20 years. Yes, literally 20 years. And we have the 1999 Cherokee that we haven't had nearly that long uh, that my daughter Cassie drives. Well, today uh, I want to talk about how the noises that your Jeep makes can help you clue, give you clues as to what may or may not be wrong. So Cassie comes to me yesterday and says that she's hearing a squeaking noise from the 99. I asked her a couple of questions. Does the noise change when you give the engine a little gas? You know, is it only whenever the Jeep's moving? Does it only happen whenever you press on the brakes? Uh, a series of questions. And, uh, she wasn't aware that you could actually diagnose your Jeep as you're driving down the road or sitting in your driveway just by listening to it. 
So you kind of have to have a little bit of information about how things work on the Jeep, uh, what connects to what and what changes, uh, uh, what the noise can change depending on what you do to it. So, but you can uh, diagnose these things. Uh, and the first thing that came to mind uh, about squeaks was a squeaky belt. And, and of course the squeak will change if you increase or decrease the engine's RPMs. Uh, but she didn't seem to think that was an issue. You know, you can press the brake slightly while you're moving along, and if you hear a squeak, well, you may have, it may be time to change the pads on your brakes. So, like I said before, there's several things you can do to determine the source of the noise while you're driving. And, you know, uh, it's a Jeep, <laughs> so it might just be uh, that's the way it sounds. So, it's good to know to get to know all the sounds that your Jeep makes and listen for the ones that are new or different. So Cassie and I went outside so I could hear this uh, sound firsthand. Listening to the sound, I knew I heard it before, but it wasn't a squeaking noise. Uh, it really sounded to me like a pulley wobbling. Now there's really only two pulleys. I mean, there is the harmonic balancer, but good Lord, you hoping that one doesn't, isn't wobbling. It can, but generally speaking, it's the idler pulley that is uh, wobbles. It, it wears out, the bearing in there wears out. So I tried moving it around, but it seemed fine after, you know, she turned the engine off. Um, <laughs> learned the hard way doing, uh, doing it with the engine on. So uh, then looking at it, I thought, well, uh, maybe it's the water pump. So I grabbed the, the pulley that's bolted to the front of the, uh, the water pump and tried moving it. Now, the belt is tensioned on there, so it's, gonna, it's not going to move that much when you try to move it. So I gave it a bit of force, and I could see it wobbling a little bit. And you know, it really looked like the uh, bolts weren't uh, tight. Now, those bolts are really hard to get tight because there's nothing to keep the pulley from moving while you're trying to tighten up those, uh, those uh, bolts. So uh, I uh, got a, a little uh, a quarter-inch ratchet uh, socket, put it on there, and I couldn't budge any of those bolts. They, they seemed very tight. So I tried wobbling it again, and looking at it very carefully, I could see that there was no gap widening or... Uh, closing between the bolt heads and that pulley. So I determined it has to be the uh, the bearing inside the water pump. Is that called a, a pilot bearing, uh, Josh? I can't remember. Yeah, my, I think it might be. So anyway, it, it's inside the water pump itself, and it basically tells you that the water pump is bad. Uh, we didn't see any leaking, but leaking is going to come uh, as those uh, uh, as that thing wobbles. And it, it wasn't wobbling that much. But this is my daughter's vehicle, and I don't want her getting uh, far away and uh, getting stuck because that basically means i got to drive to wherever it is and wait for the AAA uh, truck to, uh, to arrive. So it was a good thing we found this on Wednesday because with Amazon Prime, <laughs> I could order a new water pump with two-day shipping and have it here by Friday. Well, the water pump came in today. Yes, one day. I also ordered an upper and lower hose because, you know, if you're going to change the water pump, uh, might as well change the hoses as well. Uh, the, that lower hose will spit, uh, split and spray water everywhere or coolant everywhere. And uh, you will just be stuck until you can replace that hose and no, no telling what parking lot or what side of the road that you're on while you're trying to do it. So I'm just going to change that along uh, with the water pump. But uh, it was funny, one of the hoses came in with the, uh, the water pump, and the other water hose is coming in tomorrow. <laughs> so I don't know what's up with that, but, but still. Amazon's amazing. Yeah, yeah, it really is. So it, still, it's great that if, if we had to have that today and have it uh, installed today, I could have done it. So get to know your Jeep sounds. And even if you're not going to be the one repairing your Jeep, 
replacing the water pump in this case, you can tell your mechanic what you think the problem is and you'll have a, a, a less of a chance of getting your Jeep back with the wrong thing repaired. Now, mechanics are great, but if they're not there and they see something else that's wrong or they think it, they just diagnose it as something else, then that causes you a problem. Also, too, and this is just my opinion, if you tell them what you think it is, and especially if you're right, they're less likely to screw you <laughs> because they figure you know what you're doing. <laughs> so it's kind of a way of not being taken to the cleaners. Now, uh, I'm not saying that they all do that. They, none of them may do that, but I always make sure that they know I know what's going on and how long it takes to do it before I start getting these 15 extra things added onto it. So uh, anyway, uh, Tammy, have you had your Jeep long enough to recognize the, recognize the noises that it makes? And ha have you heard anything out of the ordinary other than uh, rocks uh, scraping along the bottom yeah. and this, this wailing noise of uh, are you sure and uh, yeah. F-bombs dropping left and right? The only oddball noise, and I know what it is, and um, actually I think it was one of our listeners, God, did he send an email or was it on the Jeep Talk forum? Anyway, it's the high-pitched noise coming from the blower um, oh, yeah. for the heater. Yeah, yeah the, the, and, the blower motor. Yes, and it was funny because um, I was cleaning out my glove box and I, just like last week, and um, I'm like, God, this stuff, some stuff is missing. So I thought, I wonder if it fell back. And so I figured out how you can take that little compartment out mm -hmm. and i'm like oh my god that's where we, you can see back in there and so i'm like okay so i get what the what this guy was saying where you go in and how you can he just pulled his out and he like cleaned it a little and it helped reduce that high-pitched noise i wonder if he put so, any lithium grease on the uh, where the bearing is or he might like have i don't i don't i'll have to go back and look i have it's either in an email that he sent me or it's somewhere on the jeep talk forum i can't remember I think it's on the Jeep Talk forum. So anyway, get to know your Jeep, its noises, and uh, what the noises should be. And uh, you can uh, come up with, a, well, after 20 years, you can come up with a nice long list of, well, this noise means this, this noise means this. <laughs> you know, Josh, I was listening to last week's episode just a couple of days ago. And mm -hmm. we were uh, listening to you tell us how uh, you did not uh, work on your Jeep uh, the prior weekend because right. somebody called in a, a favor, even though you said you weren't going to take favors, you were just working on your Jeep and so on and so forth. So another week has passed. There's been another weekend. Uh, what's the excuse this week? <laughs> uh, the sun was in my eyes. <laughs> Coach, the, the lights were in my eyes. <laughs> No, actually, I, I I did get some wrench turning uh, done this weekend. Um, not a lot. Um, I, I really couldn't dedicate a whole lot of time. A uh, couple hours here, a couple hours there, and that was about it. So a um, little more progress, uh, but things are not done. So it's it's kind of like uh, not not a lot to report right now. Oh well. Anyway, it's good to hear that you're getting some. Uh, I mean, anytime that you can spend a little time with the Jeep, that you're going moving forward a little bit. Um, is it drivable now? Can, if you needed to, uh, if uh, no, the only the only way it's moving right now is if I uh, push it. So oh, it's, I, it's, oh, it's, you have the transfer it, case out. That's right. Right. Yeah, I'm rebuilding the transfer case. So I mean, it, I can start it. 
<laughs> I could I could start it, hear it run. That's about, but that's about that's, it. That's that's big because it wasn't doing that for yeah, close it, to it a wasn't year. Doing, it wasn't doing that for a while. So, but uh, but yeah. So so it's uh you know it's it's one of those things where you just got to go through the motions and and this is not a fun job. It's not yeah. one of those sexy upgrades to where you can show people what you've done or anything yeah. like that. It's kind of one of these very internal kind of necessary. Uh, things that you gotta, you just kind of gotta go through, or you pay somebody to do it, and and I'm not, I'm definitely not doing that. So, uh, yeah, I'm taking care of this myself. Excellent. Well, I have some exciting news. I heard from Jeep, badge of honor. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. Oh, I was gonna say, are they, yeah, well, they, they is, finally it, sending out that cease and desist? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was thinking they were inviting her to come uh, do yeah, no. a, a whole uh, reality thing about uh, looking yeah. at the new Jeep truck and how they were right. going to sue her. They were going to give me a tour, fake yeah. sue her yeah. for just exposing it. You know, <laughs> you know, it's funny. Um, Royal texted me yesterday, I believe it was, and he said. They're starting on the JL Don't get him four in doors, you or two him, doors or whatever. You almost got him fired last time. <laughs> I said, "Oh, I go, can I?" And he was talking about the, about the. Oh no! I said, "Can I come get a tour?" And he's like, "Ha ha ha!" <laughs> <laughs> so Royal Royal works out at Jeep at the Ohio plant, and uh, there was a big hubbub about uh, Tammy getting a tour and uh, putting nose prints and all kinds of things on one of the JLs there that uh, Royal got in trouble yeah. about. So that's the whole joke behind that. Yeah. Um, but no, seriously, Jeep contact me and Jeep, it was the Jeep badge of honor, but they are part of Jeep. Jeep is the one who puts on um, this badge of honor. And so I contacted them because I, a couple episodes back, I told you guys I got another um, badge of honor badge from Hell's Revenge. This is the third one I've received. And I'm like, okay. I know I bitched a lot about it, but you know I'm <laughs> I'm I'm cool now. Oh man! Um, I kept one for myself, and then I sent one to the Outlaw Jeep Tours because I drove their Jeep on um, Hell's Revenge. So I got this other one, and we talked about you know God, what should I do? And so, being me, I'm a pretty honest person, and you know if I find if the clerk at walmart gives me an extra twenty dollars i'll go back and return it that's just sure. the way i am mm -hmm. anyway so i emailed them and i said hello my name is tammy aka jeep mama i received another badge for hell's revenge which i've already previously received just wondering if you would like me to mail it back if so what address well they emailed me thanks for contacting us and the honesty it seems like that was an error on our part but if you already have the badge for hell's revenge Feel free to keep the extra one we sent by mistake and use it however you'd like. Uh -oh. We appreciate your passion and enthusiasm for our products. Best regards, Badge of Honor Team, FCA USA, LLC, Jeep Brand, blah, blah, blah. So I think I'm going to do what Josh suggested. And I'm going to maybe do a photo contest. Show me your Jeep on Hell's Revenge with you and your Jeep and I'll pick a winner. And give away my Hell's Revenge badge. I'm thinking that's one of my that options. And that rock in your backyard does not <laughs> count. We'll be able to tell. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's very, I'm maybe, very popular trail. I think we'll right. be able to tell which uh, whether or not you are actually on it or not. Of course, if you have a, a picture of your, you with your Jeep at the trailhead, well, that, of course, would be, uh, would be actually, very good. That's what I'm thinking it has to be. You have to be on that part that scared the living death out of me. 
So, Tammy, uh, you know, I don't, I, we haven't sent you the uh, the Jeep Talk Show stickers yet. Got to do that before you uh, start going to those events. So, um, uh, whenever you go to send that uh, badge out, uh, we could include a uh, Jeep Talk Show sticker Talk show. Yep. in there, so we there can uh, sweeten that pot a little bit. So, um, I think I'm going to do that. I think I will have a little contest, and wh- whoever wants the badge. So I would imagine that you could direct people to a place in the future where they'll be able to find the details for the uh, for this little uh, this uh, event, this contest, if you will, uh, through right. Jeep Mama. I, I imagine maybe the blog, Tammy. Yeah, I'll. Um, it'll be on my social media. I'll probably do a blog post, and of course, I'll let everyone know here on the Jeep Talk Show. Of course. Well, I would hope so. Of course, of course, because it was your we, idea, Josh. Well, you know, fr- friends and family and participants, employees of the Jeep Talk Show are, of course, excluded from this competition. Um, well, it does, does Tony's wouldn't qualify anyway? Mm-mm. No, uh, I don't no. want one. Uh, the only one I want is the one that shows the uh, the lines of a parking lot and says, you know, <laughs> mall. They, they do. They do. Somebody, the mall crawler. Mall badge. crawler uh, Jeep badge. Yes, uh, that's Talk the only one I'm interested in. So, Maybe I'll I'll scribble it out and I'll I'll put Sharpie on it and send it to you, mall crawler badge. So speaking of uh, one of us having a transfer case that's better than a Rubicon transfer case here very, very soon, I'd like to complain that it's only been a, about two weeks since I ordered my Atlas two-speed transfer case. 11 days. Oh my God, it's horrible. <laughs> it's just horrible. Uh, on the bright side, I haven't had to pay for it yet. <laughs> <laughs> was it going to be COD? I mean, <laughs> no, no. They, they, I was getting ready to pay for it the day I ordered it, and they said if you'd like uh, a week before it's done, uh, you can. We'll call you and get payment. I said, yeah, sure, why not? That sounds great. And uh, thinking back on it, it's like I'll know when it's a week out. So, you know, and they're going to be calling me, you know, wanting the money. And uh, I was like, got oh, scripts yeah. written. There, there's going to be notifications that pop up. As soon as this amount from his bank is withdrawn, there's going to be sirens that go off. Yes. Claxons or, or, you know, it's red lights flashing the whole nine yards. I am so looking forward to this. And I was telling uh, Josh, I, I don't think Tammy was reading or she was. She was too busy working to, to comment. But this may uh, signal a new round of upgrades for my Jeep. And uh, uh, really, really interested in getting uh, out and uh, getting some pictures of me, uh, specifically the Jeep being off-road. So you son of a bitches will shut up about me going off-road. To, no, actually, <laughs> actually, nothing I'm but, looking. It's be nothing but a short gif of Tony <laughs> sitting in the seat playing with his twin sticks. And <laughs> oh, yes. There may be a third one involved, too. It's just so exciting. But uh, no, I, I, I'm, you know, this is one of the reasons why I built this thing was to be able to have fun with it and take it off road. And it's just, it's really exciting because I'm not going to have to worry about cha- stretching a chain. Now, don't anybody uh, say you're going to have to worry about something else. I understand that, but I'm blocking that from my mind. <laughs> <laughs> something else will come up. It's a Jeep, but I'm blocking that from my mind. I'm fixing this. The next week, Link will get get fixed and we're going to just move along one of the things i think i'm going to try to do josh made the suggestion i was i was thinking about going to sema this year and josh said i think it would be better if you went to events so i'm thinking i'm considering josh's shock because i'm listening to one of his suggestions uh this is like uh somebody out there uh tammy uh listening to tammy's suggestions um but i'm thinking about trying to go to some of these events even if they are 
12, 13 hours worth of driving just, oh. just to get out there and meet you guys and, uh, you know, obviously let you see the red Jeep. How lucky of you. <laughs> no comment. You don't know how lucky you are. You, you heard the crickets there for a yeah. solid two count. Yeah. <laughs> People love the red. Well, hey, do you guys want to join in on the campfire side chat fun? We'd love to have you around the fire cracking a beer with us. Well, go over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact, jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. You can find all the ways there where you can reach out to us and join in on the fun. Uh, our guest tonight, by the way, guys, mentioned Myrtle Beach Jeep Jam. You might have heard him in, in mm -hmm, the interview mm -hmm. earlier uh, talking about uh, some of the events that they're going to be at and whatnot. Well, we've got Brian from Route 16 Off-Road, fan of the show, um, who called in to talk about that exact same event. Hey, this is Brian from Route 16 Off-Road at the Merle Beach UGAM going on 13th, 14th, and 15th. It's going to be a great time. Come out. It's going to be some good weather tomorrow, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It's happening down here. Come by the Route 16 Off-Road tent. We'll hook you up, get some great gear, look at some great rigs, and go ahead and get yourself on that O course. If you're just going to be a spectator, it's only $5. Come on down, Merle Beach Heat Jam. We'll be there. He is already out there, Josh. He sent me a picture yeah. earlier. He's well, already a, out there setting up. There's a there's a big party going on tomorrow night. Well, as we're recording this tomorrow night, uh, Friday night, to, to kind of set everything off, mm -hmm. um, because this is the inaugural event. Uh, they haven't done this before. But the amount of interest that's been been uh, 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 surrounding this event has been absolutely huge. So they're they're expecting that Myrtle Beach is going to be absolutely overwhelmed with Jeeps this weekend. And I can't wait to see the pictures and hear the report from Brian when he gets back. I personally would love it if you would go over there to the uh, Route 16 tent. And of course, it's not about them. It's about me. Uh, and take a picture with our banner because they're going to be sporting the big Jeep Talk Show banner on their tent. We'd love to see some thumbs up or I don't care, middle fingers. Just, just a picture <laughs> with you and our banner in it. Somebody's going to moon us. In <laughs> Mooning would be great. Preferably a girl, but I'm not, you know, oh. it's, it's 2018, so it's all right. So, <laughs> And uh, uh, little birdie told me, actually I know because I sent them to him, He's got some Jeep talk show stickers. So if you're Ooh. really, really nice and cool, cool. go over there to the tent, you might be able to pick up a Jeep talk show sticker and the nice patriotic ones. And you can, you know, raise your hand in a salute figure and uh, take a picture of it on your Jeep. We would lo love that. Way cool. Way cool. Well, hey, uh, speaking about uh, events and, well, taking things off, you guys know that there's a lot happening in May for the annual Go Topless Day. We've already talked about that a couple times throughout the show the, tonight. Uh, but now, this is a spring tradition, guys. When we celebrate the return of warm weather and a sense of fun and adventure that come with owning a Jeep by, well, taking the tops off now to find an event near you uh to celebrate or join in on the go topless day in may uh, just head over to allthingsjeep.com slash go topless day uh very easy we'll of course have that link in the show notes as well now this club in fact is hopping in on the fun as well they're doing um well uh, an annual spring thaw run. Now, Big Rubber's custom 4x4 is presenting their ninth annual spring thaw run. Uh, it's happening May 19th and 20th uh, at the Doe Valley OHV area in Wind Bear, Pennsylvania. Uh, they're going to have trail rides, an RTI ramp, a ton of food, camping, a lot more. Uh, for more information on this, head over to BigRubbers4x4.com. Uh, we also have happening later in May, May 25th and May 27th, the Cal Wheel and Jen Wright presenting the High Desert Roundup. 
this is at the slash ra- slash X Ranch Cafe off Highway 247 in Barstow, California. Come out for a whole weekend of wheeling at this event. There's going to be amazing vehicle games, which are always a lot of fun, a ton of family fun. So far, just on the Facebook page alone for this event, there are over 100 other Jeepers confirmed going and another 987 interested. So this is kind of a big deal. This event helps support keeping the off-road trails in California open, so it is really important that you, if you live in the Golden State, that you come out and support the hobby and the passion that you have with your fellow 4x4 lovers out on the trails. We'll have a, a link to the Facebook page for this event on the show notes for this episode as well. And if you need a more uh, official or scientific reason to get out into the outdoors this next month or so, uh, plan to head out into the wilderness, the forest, or some area way outside of city limits and away from any light pollution to check out the Ada Aquarius meteor shower. Now, this is what scientists call an above-average meteor shower, capable of producing up to 60 meteors per hour at its peak. Now, the shower runs annually from April 19th to May 28th, but it peaks this year on the night of May 6th. Now, most of the activity is seen in the Southern Hemisphere. The Northern Hemisphere, the rate can still reach pretty decent, about 30 meteors per hour or so. Now, the meteor shower has a bit of a famous tie as it's caused by the dust particles left behind from Halley's Comet, which has been observed passing by the planet Earth, uh, well, every 75 years or so since ancient times. Uh, Pretty cool, huh? So, hey, if you know of an off-road event coming up, well, we'd love to know about it. Shoot us an email with some details. Have you been to a Jeep event recently? We'd love to hear from you. Just go to our contact page at jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and let us know. Hey, folks, and if you want to follow me along on my Jeep journey, you can head over to my blog at jeepmama.com. And if you have a message that you want to get out to the masses, well, check out my professional voiceover services at thevoiceofjosh.com. That's it for this week, guys. Until next week, be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr. Friend us on Facebook, circle us like vultures on Google+, and above all else, be sure to tell your friend about the one and only Jeep Talk Show. Remember to always tread lightly, stand designated trails, and don't wheel where you're not supposed to. And learn more about the tread lightly principles and how you can help keep our trails and public lands open for off-road use. Head over to www.treadlightly.org. Jeep Talk Show is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease, and the statements contained within the Jeep Talk Show have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration and therefore should not be taken internally, externally, or even seriously. Podcasting since 2010.